1: Hi, everybody. Welcome to Vulnerable. It's my podcast. It's also being filmed for my YouTube channel. So there's that. I'm very excited about my first guest. He is an amazing human being. It's Will Friedle. He is Eric Matthews. He is Ron Stoppable. He is Batman. He is many things. But he's also a really great guy. So today, we're going to get into it and chat with him about himself. I'm Christy Carlson Romano, and this is
2: the Vulnerable Podcast. Who are we here with, honey?
1: Oh, um, finally, here with Will. Will, what does the word vulnerable mean to you? Um, Like, are
0: you triggered by it? No, not at all. (laughs) Uh, I think vulnerable means being open and honest, and I think it just means giving yourself to another person. I think it's, you know what it is? It's opening yourself up to pain and being okay with that.
2: That is a lot to unpack. Someone once told me the best state of being is if, if, like, you imagine, like, having an ebb and flow to your ego. Yeah. Like... You're closed off, too guarded, open, not good, but to, this is the way your ego should be. And I feel like that's sort of what vulnerability is, okay. right? Well, that's it's like, like the
0: way you're doing it. It's like a pumping heart. You
2: just Yeah. So oh, there that's you go. so, so like, poetic. You know,
0: blah, 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 that guy.
2: Well, she's cool. Yeah. You know what I, mean? I get, you know, you I know get that. that. Well, I get what that. I've
1: always really appreciated about Will in the time I've known him is how he's balanced his vulnerability with humor and in a way that's really made people feel feel like they can access that part of themselves in a safe way. I hope yeah. so. Like we'll do panels together because we're
2: Kim Possible, Ron unstoppable duo. Like, hey, hey. hey.
1: Ooh, coming yeah. to a con near you <laughs> for duo photo ops.
2: And we'll, by the way, be announcing something really fun at the end of this podcast. Yes, I didn't know are. that.
1: Like, we will. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we will. Yeah. Okay.
2: Which is cool. Well, and also you are open about your anxiety. Oh, yeah. And you, you have to be. Right. And that's Well, yeah, that's interesting.
1: Yeah you, yeah, you say that you have to be. I remember when we first started doing cons, I don't think anxiety was as much a part of our panel discussions. And then it kind of has come up. And then I've actually noticed people ask you questions yeah. about it, like yeah. from our panels, so that they know they can come to you. So you become sure. sort of like this, you know, this advocate for
0: that. Yeah, you kind of have to be. Well, I mean... W- People, anybody who deals with anxiety, I always tell people there's three things I've done in my life that have helped me with anxiety more than anything else. And the first two, everybody are like, oh, yeah, I can totally do that. And I get to the third one. They go, I'm not going to do that one. So the first one. I think I know what it is. Yeah. The first one is uh, very easy. And that's why I talk about it, because it's talking about it. It's just if you hold it in and you don't express what you're dealing with, then you feel like you're alone. We're especially in we're in Los Angeles, but this happens everywhere, especially nowadays with the pandemic and everything we're going through. If you're sitting at a table with 10 people and you say, I deal with anxiety, at least five other people go. So do I. Yeah. A a lot of people deal with anxiety. So why do you think that is? I think there's a lot of different reasons for it. I think the way that we're, I mean, in in my case, it was a combination of things. I mean, it was, I know that there's people in my family that have dealt with it. So there's the hereditary side, which is is important. Genetics obviously play a part in any sort of um, mental health. Okay. Then at the time I was on a, Popular television show. I was doing movies. I had just broken up with my girlfriend. I and so my first panic attack hit me at the height of kind of everything that was happening. It's weird because it was actually filmed. It was in a in a movie called he Double Hockey Sticks, and I can look at the scene because they use the take and go first panic attack. Oh Whoa. shoot! Um, that's so, so I that's can so actually rough. see when it happened, which is kind of interesting. Uh, but talking about it is the is the first thing you need to do. You know they they say it's you're like the proverbial duck when you deal with anxiety, where on the the surface, you're calm and cool. And then underneath the water, your legs are going like this. So Mm. if you say to people, and you don't have to sit there and say, everybody be quiet. I'm dealing with a panic attack. You just say, I, you know, I deal with some anxiety and I'm a little anxious right now, but I'm, I'm fine. or working through it. Or people know you're, you you deal with anxiety, then it's just not a thing. There's no, there, there should be no real stigma around it anymore.
1: Now, I don't want to, I don't want to interrupt you because I know you're on the track. So the second thing, Good, thank see, you for there telling you go.
0: me. That's the other thing. I humor, see your legs under the table. That. Exactly.
2: Just but I'm fluttering. so gullible.
1: Anytime, Will, or even my husband, Brennan. His, this is his name. My husband, Brendan. She like, she
2: refers to me all the time as my husband while I'm sitting here, well, that's even to good. her family. She'll that's just be like good. my husband. <laughs> like, good. My good.
0: You, know, you do that too. You say I my wife. You know, but you, I do. No. I say my wife. But you know yeah. that actually gullibility is also hereditary. Is it really? No. Oh God! See what See what you just did. Zing. God damn it. Zang. See what I deal Wait, with. Wait, I no. want to hear the
2: three things. Though. Well, what were you gonna ask? What were you gonna ask? I,
1: I don't know now. Am okay, I'm a good, what's the second thing? The second thing.
2: The second, which is
0: hugely important as well as diet and exercise. You've ah. got to take care of your body mentally and physically. They say that uh, doing twenty minutes of exercise a day is the equivalent in a week of taking a Prozac you are hugely doing yourself a disservice if you deal with any sort of mental health issues and you are not exercising.
1: Brennan likes to take walks. Walks
0: are great, running is great, any kind of cardiovascular is hugely important. The diet you have is usually important. I, that's one of the one of the things I have dealt with most in my life is yo-yoing weight, and I will go up as much as sixty pounds. So I've been. I mean, you guys have known me. I've been. I've been big at, at times in my life, and it's really affected my mental health.
1: I wouldn't say big. I would say husky.
0: Okay, you can say husky, but when you're five foot nine and 212, 214 pounds, you're big. I-
1: right my okay. wife says the same
0: thing i didn't notice it and it's very yeah. sweet that she says that but i was big i mean i'm, yeah. I'm about 165 now and 165 and 215 is very a very big difference moment.
1: this is a great weight for you i think you have the kind of frame where if you were bigger you could still like enjoy yeah, that th- and
0: like, that's whatever, fine but you know? and and, and it, again it has nothing whatsoever to do with aesthetics a- okay. at all it's but it all helps you here about but it, yes but it's also about just cardiovascular health and yeah. your mental health and it's all connected uh, uh, d- making sure you're out there getting enough vitamin D getting enough oxygen these are all things that are hugely important when you're dealing with anxiety
1: so you know? let's actually that is wait, kind of
2: I gotta hear the third sorry honey no oh, okay, no wait, I know wait, wait, what wait. it is it's
1: social media
0: exactly yeah. the first two things people go oh, I can do that no problem the third thing is get rid of all of your social media yeah I get And see which why. most people go but well, I can't I need it for work and I go what do you do for work and they go I work at a bank and I go well, okay you don't need your social media no. you, you're addicted to it you need it like, like an alcoholic needs a drink but you don't need your social media you just want your social media that's uh, a completely outside different thing. of people
1: like us who actually like do sponsored content Sure. which is then, then becomes literally our job to sure. to generate stuff but even brendan's been struggling with the idea of putting and i say brendan because i'm just full blown like addicted yes yeah. i don't
0: even know if there's a but nicer that, no, word no no, right? she is. no no that's the you word are. that's the word you're, you need you're, to you're,
2: use. You're, we've been talking about it and trying to curb it Right, but right. it is an addiction. I mean, is uh, it an
0: addiction as we? bad as heroin or, or or alcohol? It's it's bad in different ways. Of course, it's not going to hit you the same way that is. Right. But when your life is about one specific thing, then you've got, you've got a problem.
1: I look, I will totally and absolutely unpack this whole social media and I will take the hit on being addicted to social media. I'm okay with it because I understand why I'm addicted to it. I'm also a sober person. Right. So like a sober person who's utilizing or overusing something, you know, rather than like cigarettes or something that you see people smoke, like out of AA offices and stuff like that. or. Anyway, I, I do know exactly why I'm using it and why I'm why I'm activated to use it as mm-hmm. a as a parent and like as an overtired mom. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, we've talked about it. It's frustrating for you sometimes, I think.
2: Well, you know, it's in the because times there's where
1: he wants to connect.
2: Two things. One, I will just want to make this comment. You gave me one of the greatest little uh, exercises to help me with my anxiety. I don't know if you remember this. You told me. Was it the countdown? Five, five, six, oh, the back yeah, from hundred, yeah. yeah. And, um, what
1: is it? Clearly.
2: So if you if you have an
0: anxiety attack, one of the things that you want to do is you want to trigger a different part of your brain. So one of the things you can do is if your anxiety kicks in, you feel yourself having an attack, you start to count down from a hundred to zero by
2: threes. Yeah.
1: And you've used it since he's I use told it all you the that. time.
2: Oh,
0: are,
1: you, are you having anxiety attacks? All I have the
2: time? them. I have them. Yeah. But I'm I'm Dude. I'm pretty good at managing them. That's I'm pretty it, me too. good now. But it yeah. takes it like anything else. You've got to exercise it. You've got to figure out how to do it. For me, they're really triggered because I have you know, some stomach stuff Me that too. I deal with. Right. Do you? So yeah. when, oh. when that happens and I start to feel it coming on, that's when the anxiety hits too. Sure. I'm like, Oh no, no. That, oh sure. great. Now and this. then you start to, and then you start to, some people call it snowballing.
0: Other yeah. people call it funneling. You know, it's one of those things where you start, I call it spiraling right. where all of a sudden one small thought in your brain becomes 10 small thoughts in your brain becomes one giant thought in your brain becomes a giant thing in your brain and then all of a sudden that's all that you're thinking about and that's all it's about and then the hands get clammy you're short of breath your vision gets blurry you feel you're like you're dying. An anxiety t- and yeah, you, you, g- you like taste copper and your your heart starts to go i mean it's it's very common
1: Did I have an anxiety attack the other day was that what that was or was i just super tired Do you when? remember when i had to lay down and you were helping were you with dizzy? the kids I was very dizzy, actually. I felt like I had like a vertigo feeling. Vertigo feeling. Were you
0: hypervigilant when it came to feeling your body? Like you could feel the tips of your fingers, you could feel your toes, you could. No. Okay. Okay. No, I think I was just
1: dizzy and exhausted. I mean,
0: fatigue can. uh, You know, they say what is it like a a day and a half without sleep or a day without sleep is the equivalent of driving drunk. It was pretty. Yeah. Well, you know, it's like you. You know, I don't know the exact. I'm I'm sleep training
1: my little one, and so yeah, I have I have variations of uh, fatigue, but well, I mean, that's what
0: that's the other thing you need to find out when you deal with anxiety is what you're triggers are, and for me, lack of sleep is one of mine. Yeah. So that's something that can
2: really trigger people. With that's his too.
1: Actually, that's why yeah. Brendan doesn't have, do nights with me.
2: I have to get enough sleep. Brendan has slept in, an,
1: in another bedroom. Uh, no, that happened I mean, a lot
0: of couples do
2: yeah. that
1: occasionally. Yeah. It
0: depends yeah. on if somebody snores or if somebody rolls over, if somebody wants to cuddle, if somebody elbows. Yeah. My parents have slept in separate beds for thirty years. They say it's the thing that's kept them together. That's <laughs> true. Yeah. it's true. Yeah. Uh,
1: it's, uh, sometimes I'll well, have mean, to I'm, do that. But we miss. We're trying to get back in. Well, the a lot, same lot room. of that has to
2: do with the little one because the little one will come in and then she's you know. She's, but yeah. you've already made she's, the she's mistake got a propensity, of city. and there's nothing you can Correct, do about <laughs> yeah. and well, then I had children that resemble the Hulk, and they just want to like punch you for no reason in the middle of the night.
1: Yeah, my my. Okay, the too. Hulk
2: always punched for a reason.
0: Okay, we're not going to get into that right now. It's a whole different podcast. So, you know what? You're right. <laughs> it I should is a whole different podcast. <laughs> don't put that on the whole. Sorry. Okay? don't spanner. put that
2: on the Hulk. So, social
0: media got it. Okay, which I we want can to talk about, though. again yeah. and again.
2: Okay. We should though, just briefly. The social media thing.
0: Okay. You know how much anxiety and self-loathing Comes with with social media, especially when you're younger nowadays, and you're watching these things on Instagram where you think everybody has a better life than you. You're never going to be thin enough. You're never going to be good enough. You're never going to have enough stuff. It's horrible. Well, for and then younger there's people filters, which stuff.
1: filters yeah. are interesting too, because like I use filters, admittedly, and I love them as a as a quote unquote creator, because as a creator, you're like, well, I was, you know, I broke out that day, or like I, you know, just it, to us, it's that fix it in post. Sure. You know what I'm saying? Sure. So it's like, okay, I'll just fix it in post. So for me, I know that I can look one way and I'm not imposter syndroming my entire life identity, right? Right. So for me, it, it's just an industry standard of the sure. filters are a part of the Photoshop concept. But I know that there is a backlash now about any kind of filtering because people want to embrace the authenticity of things. Sure. And like, I get that too.
2: I got a comment on backlash though. Yeah. Because that's also a huge part of social media that sure. i find to be dangerous
1: and anxiety inducing yeah. for well, sure right
2: you you can or cannot do a thing right and like policing of everyone via social media sure. and canceling and deplatforming and recanceling and th- that also is incredibly anxiety inducing of course like of course if it is. you're like hey i just have a random thought that and is start, authentic that is authentic course.
0: but you also have to you're 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 trying to get a whole bunch of people You will never, and that's the other thing. There's no reason whatsoever to have the number of followers put out there. Who cares? Right, right, Right. that's accurate. The only reason that you have that number out there is so that you can feel better than other people. Because at the end of the day, does it matter what that number is? Would your social media be any different if there wasn't that number down there no. at the bottom? Of course no. it doesn't That, need that to doesn't be even
1: have to do with the of algorithm.
0: Course, of course not. It or, is the, or the ads serve to you. So some poor kid can look down at their phone and say, I have 400 followers and the person sitting next to me has 900 followers. Why am I such a bad person?
2: Even, uh, oh, we can really get into this. Yes, it's... It, because if part of the goal is to aspire to get followers. What ends up happening is you'll see algorithmically what performs well, right? Yeah. You're like, oh, I got a certain amount of followers from this. I really don't like making that content. But if I make that content, then I'll probably get more followers because I've noticed it the last time. Oh, it worked again. Now all of a sudden you start making this content you don't want to make. And now you are actually are a product of the content you make and you become the of thing course, you never wanted well, to be. But also
0: look at, branding. Just, but right. look
2: at just the word.
0: You're trying to get followers followers right it's so off-putting to me that right. that's almost your cultish, goal right? is to get as many followers by the as way you please follow
2: can. us on all our social <laughs> media <members.
0: laughs> can no but it's true i mean it's it's one of those things where you know hindsight being what it is i think history will look back at social media and it will not look back kindly there have been times don't get me wrong there have been times that things have happened where social media is is, is a wonderful platform for people it, it, like anything else, it got corrupted very quickly. And it is a wonderful place to bully, it is a wonderful place to hate openly, it is a wonderful place to demean people. It is, it's, it's just this kind of a cesspool that I didn't want to well, be in anymore. I think yeah. the
2: biggest issue, too, if you think about it, just sort of how we've developed, you know, um evolutionarily. Like people are by nature tribal. Sure. And so if you connect that many people and share information with that that many people at a given time sure like you can only expect people to go into their camps and like dig deeper into their belief systems so it naturally is going to create animosity sure right so like i think the only issue is the genie's out of the bottle now Mm
0: -hmm. so
2: i mean see that's the thing that to me that to me is just an excuse for people to not delete their social media Oh, well, that's not what I mean. Actually,
1: your brother, we've got the, run the gamut of age range, right? So your brother's 27.
2: 28. Okay. Yeah.
1: And he's been off social media since he was like 25.
2: No. He got off social media his senior year of high school.
1: Oh, really? It's that early? It's been
2: 10 years. There you go. Yeah. Okay.
1: So, and in 10 years, social media has really become... Like, out of yeah, control. he is yeah, like,
2: will not do it. He knew. He, he like knew. He saw the sign Smart. And they opened up his eyes. Smart. Um, but <laughs> well, you don't know, ever I mean, get a good Ace of Base
0: reference anymore. You really don't. <laughs> any chance I'm sorry. You can You should any try any to slide it. Ace of Bass on all social media. No, please don't. I hate Ace of Bass. They're no. the
1: worst and they are so triggering to
0: me when I come <laughs> on. I, I, I feel like I'm getting a root is canal. A
1: great song.
0: <laughs> I literally
1: dry eve when I hear. My that song. brothers
0: um, used to make fun of me so badly because I had the that I saw the sign Ace of Bass single, yeah, and it was a great song. It was and like neon green like, and black Ace of yeah. Bass that like they used to get. I mean, talk about triggering. Yeah, that was. I
1: just feel like it sounds like the woman who's singing. In all respect to her and her technique, good for her. But like, it sounds like she's like throwing up
0: or she's gagging.
2: Okay. First <laughs> oh, of all, respect song. to her technique. Okay, first of all, oh that she
0: This just do. shows me how little Blame you know because it. it's two women. Uh, in ace of ace. Thank and you. one woman. Wait, it's so two that makes women sense. And two it's two.
1: Well, they're all singing at once because it sounds like an inhuman person
0: I'm singing. <laughs> you can also sing at one time, and it sounds like one person. The Bee Gees—that that voice that you hear in the Bee Gees—is yeah, actually like two of them together. Yeah, I get yeah, that so though. I get that. Please I mean, it's three it's that
1: sing base. all the time,
2: but one See that you, you think did. it's two.
1: You corrupted Speaking this conversation. Hold on, sorry, hold on. I'm sorry.
2: I get off on Speaking tangents. Speaking of brothers, and we're gonna—I think we're gonna—we'll get back to the social media. I want to know—we, I know, and she knows—we know everything about you. Okay, I know. that's but, absolutely not but, true. But all these wonderful listeners and viewers out there, make sure you follow, subscribe. I'm like, um, <laughs> don't don't. So we want. I want to know, family. Let's let's start. How did okay. Will Friedle first walk into New York and get going? Well, I didn't walk. I took a bus. Oh, and that's a whole other story. We
0: um, No, I started. So I was born in Hartford, Connecticut. I'm a Connecticut boy. Oh, Hartford. I didn't know that. I was born in Hartford in the wonderful year 1976, the American bicentennial year. Yeah, and by I knew I wanted to be an actor from the time I was about five years old. Um, we used to have free day at our school. And uh, the free day when it was like first or second grade, you got to do whatever you want. I always put on a play. It was always Stone Soup. I don't know if you remember that I play. love Stone Soup. Exactly. It's a great play. So great play. Know. Stone Soup is about these soldiers that come into this village and they have no food. So they go and they ask the villagers if they can have food. They all say no. So they go to the big pot in the center of town and they put stones in and they put water in and they boil it. And they go they pretend to smell. Oh, it smells so good. It's so amazing. And all the the uh, locals come out going, what are you making? They go, oh, we're making stone soup, but man, it'd be better with carrots. And they go, wait, I've got carrots. And they come out and so they get everybody, well, yeah, it's pretty good. But if it had chicken, wait a second, I've got chicken. And so it's a great play until the 38th time you've done it <laughs> um, by the way i was also the writer director at age five <laughs> uh, or six years old so um it depended on the cast i was about, I, I could pull in from kickball um <laughs> but then uh that we have a great stage local stage in connecticut called the hartford stage and they did an open casting call for a doll's house i was 10 years old in 1986 it starred mary mcdonald david Stratheran. Mark uh, Mark Lamos. I mean, like the Jerry Baman. like the cast was Didn't done.
1: you just have a reunion with the woman I who played did. your mother? I did. Well,
0: reunion, small r. She so pretended to remember me. It was the cutest thing in the world. Oh. She was like, oh my God, you were great in that. And I was like, <laughs> you don't remember me at all. <laughs> you said it. Uh, I didn't. It. it was in my head. But uh, she's wonderful, Mary McDonald. She taught me how to dance. But I went in and I got the, uh, you know, a casting call. I got the smallest part in the play. It was one line in the very beginning. And then uh, like a week before we went on, they switched me with the lead kid. So he had ended up having the one line in the beginning and I ended up being on stage with her for like two or three scenes. It was really cool. Awesome. And then I begged my parents after that to, but both my parents are lawyers in Connecticut. So I, I did not have stage parents. I we did know not know anything. Yeah. yeah. My mom's a lawyer and an author. My dad's a lawyer in retired Navy. Okay. Um, like we, nobody knew anything about this industry. Nobody wanted to know anything about this industry. in my family, you went to high school, you went to college, then you became a lawyer, you became a doctor, you had some sort of profession. That's what you did. So I was begging to be a, an actor, my parents were like, This we don't even know. My dad ended up getting, and you're gonna have to Google this, kids. A bunch of yellow pages <laughs> from uh New York City from Frenzy Had. Uh yellow pages were books of giant numbers. uh oh, they were and very they tiny, they're t- t- but there were lots of them. Lots of them. Um, a vast number of tiny I numbers. remember them. We should go back to that. We, we should. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And um a friend of his had a camera and we took pictures. In the back of his office, like against the chair, you know, like the the headshots when yeah. you're like 11 years old, and sent him down to New York City. And but they
1: like leaned into it for you.
0: They supported me. But yeah, they were not like we're gonna drive you down to New York all the time, right? We're gonna, it wasn't like my, you know, you met some stage parents where it was like their job was taking their kids to auditions and making yeah, my their mom. Kids. Was your mom a stage band? Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Was. So I didn't have any. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, she's still she's living not in the really past, retired. <laughs> no. Wow. So no, I didn't have any of that. It was like, we love you. We support you. We'll take you when we can. But, Healthy
1: though. That's yeah. good.
0: And so I had pictures taken and was signed by a manager. And six months later, I was on my first series on Nickelodeon. Who did they send the pictures to? We found a bunch of names in the yellow pages. And my dad I sent, sent them to directors. like 20 managers in New York oh. City. And then I did Nick loading on and off from 11 to like 15. And then what um, shows? Well, I started on a show called "Don't Just Sit There," which, which was
1: we remember that. Don't I you? don't know. This. It was oh, I like do. It was a
0: young Saturday Night Live. We yeah, had special. We had a band and we had special guests. That's so cool. So we were interviewed. That's how I awesome. met like Will Wheaton, and we interviewed New Kids on the Block, and Alyssa Milano was there, and it was That's we would awesome. did skits and had a band and the whole thing. And yeah, the he funniest- did like a whole hip hop. I did. I did. Remember we found it. The and- kid fresh hip hop. Oh yeah, I yeah. remember that. The yeah. funniest thing is that it literally in this last week and a half, the entire cast has reconnected. What? Uh, uh, on on uh, uh we we got not not on social media um we were texting each other <laughs> like i had the n- number of some of the people and when i went back home to connecticut i found this giant birthday card for my 13th birthday signed by everybody and i took a picture of it and i sent it to the the couple people that i was still connected with and they connected everybody else and we set up a reunion so but for not, the first time since not
1: through social media no, which no, i find really interesting through pigeon just texting
0: no yeah cuz again i'm not on social media i haven't right. been for years so right. i, I there is no we didn't connect at That's anywhere. very cool. And so we're going to see each other in September. We're having a reunion. All of the Don't Just Sit There bands. That's after. so cool. So it was 1988? Wow. That we did that. So 88, 89. Okay. Um So everybody's getting together. Nice. For the first time in forever. Including the band. Like, everybody's going to be there. The band, too. Yeah, everybody. That's so cool. Then I did, like, random stuff for them. They would say, hey, we're opening Universal Studios in Orlando at the time. Was opening a giant Nickelodeon thing. Right. So I did that rap song for that. I went and I opened this, like, hosted the opening of the Slime Geyser. Yeah. Um, We did all this stuff. So I still had the coolest job in the history of the world when you're 13. Yeah, Yeah. were the
1: Nickelodeon studios in New York like really cool? They were amazing,
0: but no. But when we they were moving from New York to Universal, they took myself, Matt Brown, Ali Smith, and Wendy Douglas. We were the four hosts of Don't Just Sit There, and they took us. And for six weeks, we lived at Universal Studios before it was open. What a dream! And And 13? I'm thirteen, and our whole job every day was to take a camera crew and go on all the rides over and over again. And be filmed going like this is the best thing and then go eat at the restaurants. We had we own we had a park. We had a theme park to ourselves for six weeks. That's it's a so dream. Cool, it man. was a dream. Everything was free. We did whatever we want. And then it was they it rolled into the three, we were shooting these bumpers the whole time for the three-hour live opening of Universal Studios in Florida. So that was my job at 13. It was the sickest thing in the world. And your um,
2: parents were like, Fuck it. Go. Go. B- B- well, that was my good.
0: parents were. So I, I would. I, it's so funny because I tell my wife these stories now, and she's like, How did your parents let you do this? Right. Stuff? Yeah. Right. Where they would drive me to the bus in Farmington, Connecticut. I would get on the bus, I'd drive three hours down in New York City. I'd get off at at uh, Port Authority at Forty Second Street in oh, New yeah. York, and this is New York in the '80s. It was not as clean as it is now. It was mm-hmm. like when Times Time Square, Square yeah. was like all the porn theaters and all. So that you stuff never
1: like that. had any trepidation, like you never I loved would, it. No, no anxiety, just it. all excitement. No,
0: anxiety hadn't hit me yet. Oh, I, everything was excitement. I would get down there. They would. I would walk into a room after three hours on the bus. They'd go, you "No, know, we were looking for someone with the red hair." I'd turn around. I'd get back on the bus. My manager yeah. would usually meet me at the bus station, but sometimes he didn't. Yeah, and I'd walk around the city myself. I loved it. I loved everything about. It. I knew wow. all the homeless people at, at Port Authority by name. I would literally get off the bus and they'd be like, come on, break a leg today, Will. I know and I'd be like, thanks. I mean, it was, it was such an experience. It was, there's no, there's absolutely no education like the
2: world. Was there a specific food you ate? Because I remember going to all the time. I would get go to Zbarro's Pizza because pizza. I was like, oh, you I can get, could the get pizza. pizza
0: whenever I want to. And it was like, my parents weren't there. So I was like, I'm going to go get some pizza.
2: You got the worst pizza. Uh, on I did. On the I did. Oh, but that's I, got, I went all the way to New York to get like Wait, you that were how old every mom in America. Yeah. Wait, yeah. you yeah. were how old again? Twelve.
1: Holy cow. I bet you if That's you were crazy. to see
2: I don't think Sabarrow exists anymore, does it? I don't I think it must. If you know. were to walk into Sabar I wonder if you just get like slammed with memory. Just that I, sort I, maybe, of uh, that olfactory kind yeah. of take you by that pizza. But it was because I nuts.
1: grew up going to and from Connecticut as well, like yeah. like him. And um whenever I go to Grand Central, I still have this like I look up and I'm like there's the sky, the yep. wonderment of the.
2: But you had Grand Central. He had fucking Port Authority. <laughs> <laughs> he had port Authority. Yeah. yeah, it was slightly different. And <laughs> I had a bus, bus terminal at
0: Port Authority. I had a yeah, bus and the guy but on the corner. I, we had a, there was a, a wonderful bus driver named Pete. I wish I remembered the man's last name. My father and I just tried looking it up when I was home. It was a, the Bonanza bus line, which doesn't even exist anymore. It's now Peter Pan. Mm. But his name was Pete, and he was an older older man who would constantly look after me when I was on the bus. He wouldn't let anybody else sit next to me and he wow. would get on the mic like get away from the kid. Yeah. Uh, if there was wow. anybody that would try to sit next to me, he was the coolest. He wow. Was just the coolest. So cool. you
1: just had like, you, you. I mean, to be honest, you got very lucky.
0: Oh, there's there's no doubt. Yeah, I, I yeah. consider my entire life luck and I knock wood as I say it every time. We there wouldn't recommend
2: go. that necessarily kids go and do this. Well, no. I think CPS
1: would yeah. probably be involved be yeah. if
2: no, a 12 year old child was walking no, around no, alone. let's not parents under <laughs> the bus here Again, no. it was a different I a time adult, but I
0: also had adults with me right, 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 right. 9% okay.
2: of the time um, I did my manager was judge. always
0: there like waiting as I got off right. and he'd I don't walk judge. me to the thing no, do you but still it's talk
2: true. to that manager
0: no I no. have
2: no, okay. him for years so you're on they're doing all the Nickelodeon stuff yeah fucking lounging in Orlando yeah like as a 13 year old yeah with our own apartments and everything do
0: you remember Double Dare yeah. Yes, Our summers. Baby. Do you remember
2: Robin from Double Dare
0: who yes. brought everything out? She was my legal guardian for the 6 weeks that what? I was in. What? That's in crazy. It, I had an I've had an interesting life. <laughs> As Jonah Hex used to say, I've had an I've led an interesting that life. That would have been my dream. Uh, yeah. so it was very very cool. And then they I got an audition came like you get like we get a thousand of them an audition came for something called The Untitled Ben Savage Project. And they oh, wanted wow. me to come for the older brother. And okay. I was in New York. And you were how old? I was 16. Okay. And the day of the audition came and I got sick and couldn't go. Oh, And wow. they cast somebody else. What? And they shot the pilot, the Untitled Ben Savage Project, with a different Eric Matthews. Did not know did this. No. Do did we know did who it so? is? How do we yes, not his know this? his name was Harry Potter. I don't want to do the-, no. do the 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 man disservice. I want to say Bran-she or Branishy. Okay, and he was a fine actor. No, yeah, nothing yeah. nothing wrong with his acting. With you him had a back to the, the picture you situation. Exactly what happened with him? No, what happened was he and Ben were pretty close to the same height, and they knew uh. Ben was going to grow, and they wanted it to look much more like the older brother. Uh-huh. And I always tell people that's the way of the world: the sliding doors thing. That kid's five inches taller, and I'm not sitting here right now. Whoa! Yeah. So they called again. Sliding doors. Now it is called. The weirdest name in, in television, I look down, and I go, Boy Meets World. Yeah. Right. Who is ever gonna watch anything called Boy Meets World? But oh yeah. wow, it's already been picked up for 13 episodes, so there's no chance I'm gonna get this thing. But I go to New York, they put me on tape, they apparently like it. Now, what happens is when you're in New York, now they fly you out to California for the screen test. Had
1: you ever been to California I before? I had okay. the year
0: before. I had a couple times for screen tests. One, okay. I hung out all day with Jonathan Brandis, God rest him. So then uh, I went out again, and this is a funny story. I went out again for Michael Jacobs, who did Boy Meets World, did a show beforehand. First, it was called The Torkelsons, then it was called Almost Home. And there was an older the Torkelsons brother on that. Yeah, and then off. it spun off. They oh, did okay. one year of a, of a primetime show. Okay. And there was like an older brother on that too and it was between myself for that part right? Almost Home. Myself, Jason Marsden who became my best friend in real life right? and Shiloh Strong who's Ryder Strong who played Sean on Boy Meets World's older brother. Oh wow. Hmm. I then get out to audition for the older brother on Boy Meets World and it's between myself Jason Marsden, oh, and Shiloh Strong. shit. <laughs> oh, man. So I uh, will never forget it. I go in and I read. Did you feel
1: competitive with them? No, I mean, at there-
0: the time, I'm, I'm still so... I am one of these people where every day in this industry to me where people don't realize I feel like I'm faking it is right. a gift. Okay. You're so still riding high I in lo- Orlando. So I love it. But my whole life has been like that. The idea yeah. that I get to do this for a living, I get to do cartoon voices, I get to entertain people, I'm I'm still waiting for somebody to go, you've had a great run, but now you got to go and I'm really? going to take a big bow and go, thank you, this has been amazing. Good night, everybody. But that's called it. That
1: is technically imposter syndrome, right? I I mean, I guess it feels like like I'm
0: faking it, nor do I mm. feel like I'm not talented. I just bring it like I'm so lucky to be here that it's eventually you got to roll snake eyes because you can't keep rolling passes every time and making a ton of money. Okay. So I, you know, went out and I auditioned for Boy Meets World and I I didn't think I got it. And I remember my dad's there with me and I walked out of the room and I shook my head. I just went and he went. Well, what do you want to do? Tell me what you want to do. We're he here actually for the went day. with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He said, okay. we're here for the day. What do you want to do? And I said, so you know sweet. what I saw in Hollywood? I saw the Ripley's Believe It or Not Museum. Let's go there. He's like, let's go. Aww. So we get in the get in the car. We drive down to Hollywood. We walk around. We have a picture taken. We go to the, the Ripley's Believe It or Not Museum. And right before we're going to walk in, there's a phone booth right across phone booth, kids, was an actual phone <laughs> uh, that you put money in and could make calls. A quarter. And it was there. <laughs> a dime. It was a dime in Connecticut. Uh, but there was one there, and it was there until like 10 years ago, the same phone booth. My dad goes, before we go in, call your agent in New York. Tell him it didn't go well and that we're coming home. I went, all right, fine. I called. His name was Steve Carson. And I said, Steve. And he went, you got it. And I went, I got what? And he said, the show, you got it. You got it. It's yours. You got it. You got Boy Meets World. At a fucking phone booth. At Next a phone to booth, And I Ripley's am jumping up and down. I hug my dad. I can't believe this. And then my agent essentially says, it's it's shooting soon. Like you're moving to Los Angeles. Like you're never leaving. You then. better figure something out. You got 13 episodes, so you better figure something. So I look at my Wonderful. dad, and my dad's like, "Let's run through the Ripley's Believe it or Not Museum because that's yeah. what you wanted to do." <laughs> yeah. I love and the way your parents we, are. We, oh, I really do. my parents have been married. I think uh, in uh, they're 58 years uh-huh. now. They're the closest people in the world to me. They're the greatest people. In the
1: world. So, I really want to meet your parents.
0: You'll meet them in Connecticut. Okay, um, you will. I, I, um, l- I can't that's wait. That's awesome. So they're the two coolest human beings you'll ever meet in your life. Uh, Married forever, they're the best. So my dad's like, we got to find a place for you to live. Like, the they're both lawyers practicing in Connecticut. They're not moving out with me. So we got to figure something out here because right. you have to move out here and we can't move with you. You're one of
2: how many siblings? Three. There's three
0: of us. Older, young. What's I'm the, the youngest, okay. I'm the, oh, which is funny because everyone's like, you were my big brother I'm growing the youngest up, and people, and I'm, all, the, yeah. I'm
1: the big sister. Yep. And
0: I'm the youngest. So I have two older brothers. Uh, my oldest brother's eight years older than me. My middle brother's five years older than me and then there's me.
1: And are they uh, lawyers? And... No,
0: no, no. My oldest brother was a broker on Wall Street and okay. then he retired uh, very young and he and my sister-in law a hotel and ran a hotel in Palm Springs, which they just sold. That's oh, so cool. But they ran it for years. And then my middle brother has done a bunch of things. He was a filmmaker. He made a, a couple great independent films and then didn't kind of know what he wanted to do. He was writing for a while. He's the guy who, uh, he's got a big sign that says, not all who wander are lost. Right. Um, where he just, he's done every, you name the job, he's done it in some country in the world. Like That's he just, cool. he's the second of the world. And then met his wife and settled down and is now has like a regular job job, but is still kind of like, they still just, they're going to, to hike, Machu Picchu and Incan Trail they just did Japan they just did they're like they're that kind of people got it Uh, the world is their office got it so I we found my dad and I found this place called the Oakwood Apartments Oh. oh yeah and anyone who's never been in Los Angeles the Oakwood Apartments at the time it's only actors and divorced men that's the only people that live <laughs> so in So like, yeah. And they're really fully bad. furnished kind of small apartments that everyone comes out for, for pilot season.
1: My brother came to visit me because I lived there during the touring part of uh, some Broadway production that I was on at like eight years old or nine years old. And he had like the night of his life with like the Doublemint twins. That was
0: me. I was with the Doubleman twins. No and, joke. And the guy from Free Willy. That was me. You're telling my story. No, I, think, yes, you I th- are. think he at the well. No, maybe you guys? That was my first night at the Oakwood was, I, I, I've told this story to you before. No,
1: no, no. This was really my brother. It can't possibly uh, had be. Pictures. Wait a
2: minute. Wait a minute. It might have been around the I same you time. Were too, I think you were two time. you guys were probably, Did I wonder, hang hanging together. I don't know. My at the first same
0: night time. at the Oakwood. This is a story I tell in every panel that I do. I think I do. the Doublemint twins no, double time Maybe. <laughs> my first night, because I say on Wednesday night, I'm in my bedroom in Connecticut. And on Thursday night, I was at a hot tub with the doublement twins and the kid from Free Willy.
1: Wait. My brother was there then. Then
0: that's we were so literally weird. there the same night. Was <laughs> this 1993? Yeah. Okay, then we're both talking about exactly the same night because oh, that's my wow. first night at the Oakwood apartment. Oh wow. Yes, she was eight. Oh, okay, right, so that's right. literally that's yeah.
2: literally my yeah. story. Is the Doublemint twins and, and wait a minute, no joke. This is like. We gotta transition this into some sort of parallel universe. Because no, because this, this no, is
0: bizarre. No joke. That is that was my first night at the Oakwoods. Was the kid from Free Willy and the Doubleman? Holy shit! Yeah. yeah, no yeah. joke. I've That's told that so story a hundred times.
1: That's so cool. I cannot
0: believe. So I must have hung out with your your brother. Yeah. Must have been there then.
1: Well, Tony, Tony, Tony Romano. Tony Romano. Well, there you go. That's I He cool. must have
0: been there with it. That's crazy. That's yeah, cool. Nuts. But my oldest brother's fraternity brother was moving out to California at the time, so he became my legal guardian. Oh, interesting! Oh, yeah. that's cool. and he worked at Fox, and he still we're still great friends. He lives like a mile from me with his family. So you mm-hmm. lived in the Oakwoods while you shot the first season, yeah, the it was first like thirteen episodes. Yeah, I was sixteen, just ter- about to turn seventeen. I, I we started in July, and in August I turned seventeen. Right, and we got picked up for our back nine, and we were all excited about that. And then I was like, wow, we're gonna get at least a season of this thing." I found an apartment for season two because at that point I'm eighteen years old. And, and uh, your
1: dad, so your dad went back he, after yeah, you yeah. guys started. Okay, got it. Yeah, okay.
0: and then that was, uh, that was it. I've been here 30, 30 And you
1: guys were now. close. Like you guys, you've told me before in panels that you guys are like a real family. Yeah, so very close. So yeah. did that, was that right off the bat or did that kind of grow over that oh, first Oh, no, that season? was right off the bat. No, we're Awesome.
0: All, what, 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 you mean on Boy Meets World or yeah. my real family? Boy Meets World. Oh, yeah. No, we, we all clicked right away. Yeah. We all clicked. I mean, you know this too. Well, maybe not because it's kind of different with your eh, cast, yeah. but it was, we- we all kind of, we were young and we were all thrown into this thing together. So you get casts of Seinfeld friends, of the people that are very close, but they're adults when they get the show. It's very different
2: than when you're on a long-running series and you're kids, because um, I mean, you're all growing up together. It's yeah. rare, because, because kids are inherently competitive, Yeah. right? And, and they're trying to- Well, and their
1: parents are competitive. Right, and, and
2: you yeah. never know what kind of parental situation they have, and right. so they right. may be trying to- vie for screen time sure. or wanting other stuff. Well, again,
0: this is a big, there is, a, you notice a huge difference now than then. We had no social media. We did not know that the person sitting next to you had 500 more followers than you did. Yeah. Had 1,000 more, no, none of that well, there also stuff.
1: And there also wasn't like sponsored, no. like pushes no. for them to, what I loved about the TGIF kids was that they were accidentally becoming this like, this round of of the stable of super talented young people when well, we were growing up that we all watched.
2: And people would imprint on your characters. Like at yeah. school, people would be like, I'm the so-and-so. Yeah, I'm yeah, yeah. the From, so-and-so. From like
1: Jaleel to like, there was a range of people. And there wasn't
2: yeah. a million shows. No. Was, there was a no. couple of shows. And it was shows. all
1: filtered through TGIF that we would all experience as Americans. We would sit down on Friday with our families. That was the thing
0: though, is it was the kind of, it, Boy Meets World was the show that, adults could sit down and get one thing out of it. Kids could sit down and get one thing out of it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Every time you watched it, you got something that you missed the last time. But we, it just kept going. And and that was, we were never, we did seven seasons. Wow, that's a lot. And we were never the big popular show ever. We were, it wasn't, we weren't even, I think, featured in TV Guide until season seven. Like we just kept going and it wasn't, our show didn't become really popular until we were already off the air. Second run on Disney and ABC Family, that's when it really started to take off. That's so interesting. So So it's really weird and now I would argue it's more popular than ever because of of social media. Disney Plus and social media and all that kind of stuff but it's one of those things where I would say 50% of the people I now sign autographs for or do cameos for are 15 and under. Wow! So there's a whole new the generation parents of parents maybe introducing that have, them. Uh, parents, and then Girl Meets World and all that stuff. So that w- all became very, very. So bad.
1: actually, Boy Meets World came about on Disney Channel because they were looking to populate their programming schedule, and they owned your rights or whatever, hmm. right? And then um, I'm sure, and they and they they threw it up there, but it clicked, yeah, because of what I think you're saying is that it, it was timeless and that the adults could watch it, and yeah. I think the adults may have been people that watched it when they were growing up too maybe oh yeah
0: definitely yeah no i think so absolutely so it was like
1: i'm gonna throw this on and yeah. it's fun for me and i guess if my absolutely. kid likes it so it's still that sure that happens now yeah. with our stuff yeah. that you know i don't
2: have anything that i could watch with my kids honestly there's nothing that i could sit and put on and say like the, today that's well, being made today macabre, that you get that, that you that that get, something get something honey, out of it. honey you yeah. have
1: macabre taste
2: that's true
0: there's gotta be something. There's we're nothing not that you and your kids can dope enjoy sick together
1: with our kids.
0: <laughs> no, that's true. Uh, no. Do, you not, do you like animation at all? I do. Depending. Okay. Speaking of animation, musicals by
1: the make way. Nervous.
2: Wait. Musicals make me, I don't like musicals at all. Yeah, oh my very, god. Dude, we're the same. Talk person, about anxiety. Yeah. We're the same person. I cannot go and watch somebody. First of all, why are you singing everything? Thank you. And like, how does everybody? Why? Did
0: everyone get together and just uh, decide on the day? They're going to sing in today? the middle of the street. Thank you. So wait, wait.
1: musical theater makes you guys nervous. Yes. And this is what I find interesting. So Brennan, he hasn't even seen me perform live, really. I feel like I've he's avoided. I've seen you perform live once. He's avoided it. But granted. No, I I've haven't al-
2: avoided it. Al- I, just- I also
1: haven't given you a lot of opportunities to see me live. Yeah,
2: get back on Broadway. He gets
1: super nervous. He's I like, do. oh, my God, somebody's going to mess up. Like, something's wow. going to happen. I'm a performer. Is
2: that dude? what it is? Okay. <laughs> no, I-, 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 I toured in a punk band and like I perform live all the time. See, that's great. But other people doing it. <laughs> (laughs) It's that, plus (laughs) I I just hate musicals. I like musicals
0: if the whole thing's a musical. Like, right. I really yes. liked, I
2: really liked, um, uh, no, it's true. I enjoyed Hamilton. I I'm just going to say it. Hamilton. Oh, yes. Hamilton's I great. I See, great.
0: we can meet in the middle. all singing. Yes. It's yes. not, hey, how you doing? I'm great. How you doing? Well, you know, I can't pay my rent today. Oh, that's I terrible. Can't I can't pay my rent. rent. Why is everybody yeah. dancing? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, what yeah. the hell? Yeah, that's yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, 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 you're right. It's the buying into the world. And yet Natalie Wood in West Side Story was, I fell in love with Natalie Wood. Apparently she didn't
1: sing. No, she did not sing.
0: She did not
2: sing. Wow. That was back in the day. Can we take musicals? Let's go back just a step. Okay. And you, got, you talked about animation. Yeah. Because we need to get into animation. Because you moved from Boy Meets World, and you're still doing obviously all kinds of other stuff. Didn't he channel original? He's movies, all writing. Kinds
1: of stuff, right? Oh, right? you meet at the time. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. But, and writing. You, you, sure. you wrote the Winnie the Pooh movie. I did right? back in the day. No back credit for it, but yeah, that's mine.
1: We'll give you credit. Thank at- you.
2: Unfortunately, kids, this you is pat, what happens. Pat me on the back. Pat me yeah. on the back. Yeah. Uh, yes. But you. your very first animated role was <gasps> Batman. Batman. Freaking oh. Batman. Batman was the
0: first first animated role I ever played. Yeah, in a show called Batman Beyond. Yeah. Okay, can you quickly wow. tell that story? They were casting for Batman and they were casting uh, and the Bruce Timm, who was the creator and just coming off the wildly popular and freaking amazing uh, Batman the Animated Series, which changed the whole ballgame for animation. Uh, his wife was a Boy Meets World fan and said, you're casting for young Terry, young, young Batman, you should bring in Wilfred Friedle. And because of did. the wife. Yeah, and That's they so did, funny. and I w- said, there's no way I'm ever going to get this. It's not going to happen. I ended up getting Batman, and and like a week later, sitting next to Kevin Conroy. Legend. who A legend who uh, took me under his wing and uh, took me under his bat wing, as hey. it Aww. were, and, uh, and taught me, uh, helped to teach me that, si- that side of the industry between him and Andrea Romano. They really, uh, yeah, changed my, changed my life, changed my focus, because I had not yet experienced a panic attack, and it was probably about a year or two after that I got Batman that I had my first anxiety attack, which v- drastically changed my, my course of work. Batman led to what? Batman led to another show. Uh, well, it led to an entire animation career. Let me talk about that for yes. about seven minutes. <laughs> um, no, it, uh, <laughs> it le- led then to another show on Disney Channel called Kim Possible. Uh, but that was
1: it, Wait a minute. You went. You only did Batman, and then I, no, KP? I did. I mean,
0: I, there was. I had some things in between, but for big shows, it went oh, from okay. Batman to Kim Possible. Because
1: I, the way that I saw, Will was that he was this voiceover legend, as well as having done. I don't. know. You are in that. my own mind. You are maybe I in my own mind.
0: But it was. Uh, but then we did Kim Possible for. for Three Seasons until four. no, but four. I was gonna say, and then we they they canceled up well, not canceled us, that just yeah. Disney did the 65 and out rule, yeah. And then, uh, again, pre all social media and everything, people did a write in campaign and got us a fourth season, which yep. is huge. I think that was the first time that it happened, yep, in Disney Channel history was with Kim Possible. Wow,
1: really? Yeah, before I think Raven sure. did it too, but
0: they did it, yeah, they did stuff later, yeah. Um, as but my we were unprecedented, is so uh, this. Which led so my anxiety. Then what happened was it led me to really fall into the animation world, which has become the absolute love of my life. And you are you are all
2: over the place. I love
0: it. It's my favorite. It's just a wonderful form of acting. An incredible group of people. Yes. that is now thankfully getting far more diverse, far more talented. I mean, it's just the the. And I've worked with some in. There's not words to describe some of the actors I've worked with on camera, how wonderfully talented they are. But some of the voiceover actors, most of the voiceover actors that I've worked with are so unbelievably talented. You just sit there
2: and your mouth agape. We have something exciting. You actually, sorry, have something very exciting. (laughs) (laughs) Brendan's excited
1: for us. I'm so excited
2: for you guys because we're doing something with this whole animation thing. We are. We are. What is it? What do you What are you guys going to do? What are we doing, Christy?
1: Well, um, you know, YouTube's been fun, but we wanted to do different things on top of still doing YouTube content, and so we kind of me and obviously my producing partner Brendan, we called Will up because he's a good friend. Actually,
2: wrong. Will called us up. Wait, <laughs>
1: no. I thought you called him. No,
2: no. no. Will called us. Yeah, oh, I called you, guys. Yeah, you actually I did this. I got you. Did
1: this to yourself. I Will's did.
2: the guy. Okay, I did. Yeah. so
1: Will <laughs> called Brendan. Yeah. Okay what did you say?
0: I said we've got to uh, do something together when it comes to the world of animation. Cool. We've got to learn more about it. We've got to talk more about it. And we came up
2: with a pretty great idea. Yes. What's it called?
1: I Hear Voices.
2: I Hear Voices. Yep. A new podcast. Yes. Hosted by Christy and I. Yep. That starts this Friday. And we are going
0: to be interviewing the greatest talents in all of the voiceover world, talking to them about uh, how they got into the industry, talking about all the characters they do. And as we get along uh, a little further, there's going to be something that is the coolest thing in the world. (laughs) There's no podcast like it. No, there really isn't. So what we're going to do is it's going to be interactive to the point where uh, kids, adults, everybody are going to be able to call Skype in with their favorite actors uh, and create characters, and their actors are going to actually put voices to the drawings that they've done. Yeah. So it's going to be really cool. You heard
2: it here first, yeah. folks. It's awesome. going to be big. I hear
0: voices. <laughs> I hear voices. And it's also very voices. family
1: friendly. I hear voices is geared towards yes. everyone to enjoy. Um, vulnerable is a little bit more about people's, you know, mental health journeys and sort of uh, acceptance and all that stuff. And, and we and say
0: the word. Which we do not on I Hear We Voices. do not say the word, no.
1: Are you planning on using that part? No, I'm
2: going to beep it. It's going to okay. be fun. <laughs> okay, <all
0: right. laughs> well, I think I'm, we have to wrap.
2: We have to wrap I think here. that's it. So this is part um,
1: one of, uh, of a bigger conversation that we should definitely dive delve, delve, dive? The thing is, is paper? we're
2: barely going to see Will, so who knows when we're going to be I know. Exactly. A- except that we are doing a show together Oh Guys, tune in. It's going to be a blast. Where can everybody find you? Nowhere. That's <laughs> right. Check out my social media. Nowhere you're you on know, Cameo though. I'm on
1: Cameo. He's on yes, cameo. Sure. But
0: you know what they're actually saying about me on the internet? I don't. <laughs> <laughs> beautiful, <laughs> I beautiful. Enjoyed. Will, thanks for coming. It. Thank you, everybody.
1: Vulnerable is hosted by me, Christy Carlson Romano. Produced by Elizabeth Joy Windham and executive produced by Brendan Rooney. Our sound engineer and editor is Elizabeth Joy Windham, and our video editor is Eduardo Gamba. Follow Vulnerable wherever you listen to podcasts so you can join me every week for a vulnerable conversation. And be sure to follow Vulnerable on Instagram and TikTok at The Vulnerable Podcast. And make sure to tune in to my YouTube to watch the video version. And join me on my Patreon for exclusive content.
0: So I I know you've got a lot going on. But remember, I'm here for you.